How do you cope when everything seems to go wrong? Cardiff City lost. <laughs> Wales lost. Don't know what's going to happen today, of course. English people, I'm sure you have an interest. <laughs> I remember my son, who uh, was born in 1964, so he's a retired uh, head teacher now. But I remember him when um, he had a terrible disaster in his life. His girlfriend finished with him when he was in junior school. <laughs> and he said, well, it's not been a good day. My girlfriend's dumped me, but anyway, I haven't lost my savior. <laughs> uh, he was uh, about 10 at the time. Poor Jacob, he was in a bad way. He was at the uh, end of his tether. He'd uh, almost reached the point of despair. His career had certainly been a checkered one up to now. He'd become known as a, a cunning man, a bit of a cheat. He was mean and sharp in his dealing with others, and now he's an old man. Rachel, his wife, and Isaac, his father, had died. Two of his sons had nearly broken his heart. His path had been, and still was, a trail of heartbreaks, and this sad old man had reached the point when he uttered this cry, everything is against me. Ever been there? When you felt that everything is against you? I have to ask, are they really? Actually, things weren't nearly as bad as Jacob thought, and how often that's the case with us. There are always plenty of things which seem to be against us, but are really for us. Have you heard of the phrase, blessings in disguise? When you've suffered a, a disappointment, and you think you'd never recover from it, only to find that actually it was for your good. Oh, we believe that, don't we? Oh, in fact, we know that all things, all things work together for our good. Well, to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. But why does the Lord Jesus allow his children to sometimes come to that point of despair? And we feel ourselves to be cornered with no way out and no way through. Well, I want to address that question today and provide a few answers. Uh, firstly, let me say that I, I believe that uh, God allows this to happen to, to sinners, uh, I, in quotes, so he can save them. By the sinner, I mean all of us at one time or another. For all have sinned and fallen short of the standard of God's glory. One reason is, when we're in that state, is because we perhaps don't realize our need of God. We don't realize our need of a Savior. Some of us have so much filling our, our, our minds and our, our time, our busyness at work and at home. They, they're not conscious of God and their, their need of God. So, our God graciously sometimes allows sorrow and upset to come into our lives to get our attention. 
There's one remarkable story in the New Testament which illustrates it perfectly for us. You've heard of the story of the prodigal son. It should be said, the story, the parable of the two sons. You read of it in Luke 15, of course. But how self-confident and independent this boy was as he left home to spend all that he had in riotous living, as the authorized version says. And when he'd spent all of his money and lost all of his friends, he felt desperate. He had reached rock bottom. He came to that same place that Jacob came to when he felt that everything was against him. But it was these very troubles that brought him to his senses and afterwards back to his father. He remembered his father back home where there was plenty. And he said, I'll go back home. I'll return to my father. And I'll say, I'm sorry. Well, he never did have an opportunity to say sorry because his dad just saw him and he ran. He, he embraced him. That's a picture of our gracious God. It may be that here is the explanation of some of the upsets that you've been experiencing in your own life. Lord is bringing you to the end of your own resources so that you, you might turn to him in repentance and faith. Our God is a God of love. He wants us all to know the best of life. It's God's plan and purpose for us to, to know the best. I've come, said Jesus, that you might have life and have it in all of its fullness. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. But sometimes he allows things to happen to us that brings us to that point when we realize our need of him. It's not only the unconverted, of course, who sometimes feel that everything is against them. It happens to us Christians. On the screen, you'll see a saint is on the word. Well, do you see yourself as a saint? I want to tell you, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's what he thinks of you. It means to be set apart for God's purposes. So, hi, saints. You're a saint. But God allows things to happen even to his own children that we might realize still our need of him. God's ultimate purpose for us all is to make us like Jesus. Now, I still got a long, I'm an old man, we still got a lot to do in me to make me like Jesus. But that's God's plan and purpose for all of our lives, to conform us to the very image of his son, as Paul said. Let me read Romans 8, 28 to you. It might come up on the screen. Why not read it with me? Read it from the top. Romans 8, 28 to 29. Together, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Just take that in for a moment. That's God's plan and purpose for all of our lives. And here we're learning this morning that things sometimes go wrong. 
to bring us to that point when we realize what God's plan is. And this includes painful things as well as those things that please us. Nothing happens by chance in the life of a Christian, you know. And all that does happen is permitted by God for our good and for the changing of his child into the likeness of Jesus. Reflect on that. And there's another verse that's going to come up on the screen now. Hebrews 12. Read this with me. The Lord disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. You're loved. I've told you that God loves you. Well, you can expect this to happen to you. He's going to discipline you. He's going to chasten us. I don't know about you, but I've never liked being disciplined. (laughs) I remember my late dear mother looking down at me and saying, John, with tears running down her beautiful face, when will you learn to do what you're told? (laughs) And because you, like me, are sometimes slow to learn, to be good, the Lord disciplines us. It means to train us as children. And all of this is with a view to bring us to a place where our lives not only please Him, but bring glory to God. So often, sickness and disappointments, bereavements come, and we are so low that we feel that everything is against us, like Jacob. But at such times, we need to remember that God is working his purpose out in all of our lives. If you're going through a difficult time at the moment, I want you to believe this, that God knows what he's allowing. And he's working it out for your good and his glory. And if ever you doubt it, And I come to this point every time, whenever I'm preaching, come to Calvary. (laughs) Come to Calvary and see what happened to the Holy Son of God. All the way to Calvary. That was part of God's plan and purpose for him. He went there for us. He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good, that we might go at last to heaven, saved by his precious blood. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't allow us to experience our own Calvaries. There's times when we have to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. God allows things to happen to Christians so that he changes us into his likeness. But we're not only sinners or and saints all through faith in our Lord Jesus. We're also his servants. And as you can read on the screen, God allows this to happen to his servants so he can use us Why is the Lord unable to use some of his people? Well, the fundamental reason is that they think they can get along without him. In their own strength and with their own wisdom. They work for God and they try to use him. But God wants to use us. Spiritual service, Christian work, is not our working for God. It's God working through us. Have you got that? That's Christian service. God working through, in and through us. In order to bring us to that point, we must recognize that the Lord often has to bring us to a place of despair when we, with Jacob, say, everything is against us. Everything is against me. 
Think of the example of the apostle Peter. How self-confident and independent Peter was. But the Lord have to, had to allow him to be sifted. That's the word Jesus used. Broken, brought to the end of himself before he could use him. Look with me at Luke 22 and verse 31. It's coming up on the screen now. This is Jesus talking to Simon. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Put your name in there. <laughs> Satan wants to sift you like wheat. But thanks be to God, our great high priest ever lives to intercede for us. You realize that, don't you? That right now in every moment, Jesus, at the Father's right hand, interceding for us. He's praying for us. I had parents that prayed for me every day from the day I was born. And I once said that in the church where I was pastoring. and Someone came to me afterwards and said, I, I wish I had parents that prayed for me. I turned to her and I said, there's someone better than that. The Lord Jesus ever lives to pray for you. What hum how humbling that was for Simon Peter, though. But how wonderful the Lord was able to use Peter afterwards from this man that denied him three times, the Pentecostal preacher on the day of Pentecost, that under his ministry and the ministry of the other apostles saw 3,000 people converted in one day. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, for another Pentecost day. Jesus is praying for us. Have you got that? Feel that no one is praying for you. I want you to hear this today. Jesus is praying for you. It's incredible to think he's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> he's got you and me, brother, sister, in his hands. He knows what you need. He knows those of you that are suffering today. Some of you have come to the chapel this morning in pain and discomfort. Jesus knows about it. And he's praying for you. Find comfort in the fact that Jesus knows and he's praying for you. So everything is against me, said Jacob. Why did it seem like that? Because God was working his purpose out. God had a purpose for Jacob. He's got a purpose for you and I. Maybe you're not a Christian yet. Maybe you haven't come to that point when you trusted your life and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. If you haven't, you need to do it soon because without him you're lost and you face an eternity of separation from God and all that's good. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And when you take that step in the safest place on earth, in the center of God's will, that place where Jesus is praying for you and for me. Or maybe, and I know a lot of you here, have known you for a long time. I know most of you are, are Christians here. And thank God for that. But the Lord loves you. 
And he allows difficulties to come in to do a sanctifying work. He wants to make us holy. <laughs> he wants to make us like Jesus. And I've said he's still got a lot of work in me to do. He might have a lot of work to do in you. Or maybe it's because God wants to make you better equipped to serve him in the church, in the community, or in the world. Or whatever it is. God is a God of grace. And all that he's purposing is for your good and his glory. Amen.